Hello, I'm Dennis Smith, and you're listening to Queer and It's Working. Queer and It's Working is a weekly podcast series that interviews people from the LGBTQ community who have found joy in their work. Every week, I'll speak with a relatable role model and ask them about their career and the joy and sense of identity they get from their job. Hopefully, it may inspire you that there are a multitude of careers available to queer people and that you're not alone in figuring out what you should do in life. Hi, I'm Dennis and welcome to this week's episode of Queer and It's Working. Today, my guests, plural, and relatable queer role models are Mart Ya and Roxanne. Hello. Did I say that? Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining me. Um, Mart Ya, did I say your name right? Yeah, I think this one went a little, like when you say it a bit faster, it works better. Yeah. Mart Ya. Mart Ya, yes. yeah. <laughs> what is your job? What is your profession? So we are... Um, writers and photographers we have two websites we have a travel website and a food blog and uh, we do photography we photograph ourselves around the world but we also do uh, like weddings and that kind of stuff so all kinds of projects yeah you can also say content creator i don't think we fit in one box or something yeah. it's like multiple <laughs> what joy and meaning do you get from your job and is the joy and the meaning involved in um, all of the different things that you do because you don't technically just do one thing yeah so I don't think I ever like maybe wanted to do this or something or maybe felt because I'm a, a physical therapist I studied to become a physical therapist but like somehow we just rolled into doing this and it was Marcus like maybe dream uh, when we start to travel to create a blog and then at some point we started to inspire so many people also to travel the world and we start sharing more our and our stories and then I thought oh this is amazing and we get so many messages also from other people like oh I think it's so cool what you do and you also inspire me to travel the world or to come out and I think that's like amazing. Okay and can you tell me a little bit about how you got to the position that you're at now because I assume with social media and your blog you're at a certain level where you can kind of support yourselves and you have your own business what are some of the steps you had to take so we started to travel uh like fully nomadic in 2017 before that we saved as much money as possible and we sold everything we had and then uh, we left to travel the world and my idea was to travel I don't know without a laptop and maybe yeah with a phone with, with without connection maybe with a lonely planet or something but Marcia's idea was to I don't know tell her stories for friends and family and then at some point I got a enthusiast as well and we got the idea to tell for to tell uh, fairy tales and folk tales from all around the world. So that's how Once Upon a Journey, the name started. But then at some point we got questions on Instagram and our blog, but okay, why don't you tell your stories about like a lesbian couple or girl couple traveling around the world? And we're like, yeah, 
the folk tales and fairy tales, it's it's great, but it also takes a lot of time and people want to see us and hear our stories. And then at some point, Maatje started to work for a Dutch newspaper. Yeah, first we got uh, a question to write an article for uh, another travel website and they paid us for it. And that's kind of when Rox was <laughs> like, wait, we can do what we like, write about it, like what we also like. And then get paid for it that that seems great <laughs> so that's kind of how we started doing some freelance things and i work yeah. for a dutch newspaper and write about our travel stories um and then in the meanwhile we could grow our own brand and our own website so marcia do you have a um, formal education in um journalism or writing or this was a passion of yours yeah, so I did go to university. I studied media and culture. So I did have a thing for like visual stuff, I guess. And I did do a lot of like academic writing, like papers. But that was it. Like I don't have any other journalism yeah, things. Photography was already a hobby for yeah, you from like, a little... I've, yeah, I've done photography since I am um, like young. Like especially as a teenager, uh, when I went traveling, I went with a friend of mine. And that's when I started photographing everything. So I could like share it with my family back home um so that's kind of yeah how that started so and yeah i've always liked writing so like also the academic writing i think i was quite good at it <laughs> so just like i am at talking <laughs> and roxanne so your career path has it been kind of a way of learning as you go because i noticed even from your website that you say that you do seo the search engine optimization you know this is quite detailed sort of skills to have yeah so i think marcher made me enthusiast for many things like photography and writing and stuff like that so she taught me a lot of things but then like the seo part at some point yeah i was writing and i was like hmm i don't know i want to like improve my writing and how I write for Google, for example. So I did like, yes, yeah, I'm not sure if you can say a course, but it's more like uh, yeah, she got like an ebook, and uh, that was very helpful. And yeah, so now I'm. Uh, that's how I learned more about SEO, and now we're like in different Facebook groups, and you can learn from other people. And I try to stay up to date and read like other blogs or websites. So that's something I learned on the go. When she learned it, like, then she taught me and now, yeah. and it's like, it's not like, oh, you know it now and, and that's it. Like, well, because, because it changes it's, yeah. all the time. And uh, yeah, but I like it that we're together and we can both teach each other things. And Marcia, yeah, taught me a lot of things and uh, we can also inspire each other. I, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that you also enjoyed like coming into this, you know, like I had the hopes that she wanted to do it, but I was like. I cannot force you because if I will force you, like it will only end badly. I think like you will regret it. I wonder how important the encouragement that you give to each other is really necessary to you being able to do what you do with confidence. Because I imagine if I took the decision myself, okay, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to blog. I'm going to be able to write things that Google absolutely loves and going to put me, you know, front and center. You know, this is quite a lot of tasks to take on. And usually as people, especially if we don't have a formal education in it, and even if we do have a formal education in it, we tend to think, no, but someone else can do it better than me. I wonder if it was important that there was the two of you that made you attempt to do what you're doing now. 
Yeah, I think, especially for me, like I love to think of a thousand projects and then never even start or never finish them. Um, so for me, it was definitely helpful to have the support and um, like the enthusiasm and her planning minds to actually continue doing it. And I mean, it's not like we did this, we had success like within a few months or even within a year, you know, like it took definitely a full three years before we got the hang of it, like on the blog. I mean, maybe if it, the blog was the only thing we would have focused on in the beginning, maybe it would have been better, but we were also trying YouTube. We were also trying Instagram and then there were other platforms. And then we were like, oh, we also should be on this and also on Facebook. So it was a lot of things. Um, you just have to figure it out, you know? So yeah, definitely when we were, home in 2020 and that at that time um the travel blog was kind of the only thing we were doing so that was definitely difficult because of course usually we were traveling and doing projects with like destinations um and that totally went away so that was that was yeah, a tricky spirits, time yeah. um and we did need to uh, like reinvent uh, our business a little bit is this where the the cooking and recipe website came from then yeah, so we also, like, we uh, started focus on our travel blog, Once Upon a Journey, also a bit more on lifestyle things, like let's be movies and stuff. Also things we really like, and we're like, okay, why not write about those things too? And so uh, I I think we both really like cooking, but maybe it was a bit more now for me. I was like, oh, why we are a vegetarian, and why not write about vegan and vegetarian uh, like recipes? And we saw... I was, how do you say it in English? Like a gat in the markt. We saw like well, we saw yeah opportunity. opportunity. So many people were searching for certain recipes, but not many people were writing about it, or maybe not the right SEO way. Uh, yeah, in Dutch. In Dutch, because uh, yeah. So um, we were like, oh, this is like a big opportunity. So yeah. we because we were already used to writing in English, and of course, like half the world writes in English, so it's harder um to like rank in google um but then in dutch it's a lot smaller and like not all the recipe websites are as optimized as we could make one um so it was kind of yeah it was like very a business opportunity kind of we were also like, what we now like we, yeah yeah now we know what we're doing we know we can make this successful in a short time and we also like cooking um so it was kind of like natural to go into that and see if it would work you know like we had nothing to lose lose at that point so <laughs> we could just try yeah and we already got many visitors like in such yeah. a short time on our website that took ages with once upon a journey so it's funny that like of course if you know what you do also sometimes that really helps <laughs> yeah we could work smarter this time you know like yeah. at the beginning everything was fun and we tried everything and not everything was smart but it was fun and this time we were like okay you know we know what will work and what wants so i wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about you're a lesbian couple you belong to the lgbtq plus community have you experienced any obstacles in your profession or during your studies maybe you want to say you're yeah i do want to say that i'm i'm not a i don't identify as lesbian um i love my apologies no no no, no, no. we so, do call ourselves a lesbian couple because that's how we're perceived um, or we say a girl couple. Yeah, um, so, yeah. so that doesn't matter at all. But um, I do want to mention it here also for visibility. I love the word queer, but if I do have to be more specific, I would say I'm bisexual. 
I think I, during traveling, of course, when we started traveling, we weren't thinking about it as much as we were like Dutch people love to travel. So we were just another Dutch two girls, you know, who went traveling and we didn't think it was that special or anything. Um, but we did travel to some countries where it was more tricky to, um, we had to go back in the closet. Um, we could not like book a double bed everywhere, you know, um, it was something on the road. We also met a lot of queer people also in countries where it isn't as easy to be open. Um, so I think that for me, it only became more meaningful to be more out and more outspoken also about being queer and like what it means. And I didn't realize how much it would shape our experience traveling, you know, because yeah. I thought I'm just another, you know, white blonde Dutch girl who is traveling. But I did figure out, you know, while traveling, it, it does shape my experience. Is it similar for you, Roxanne? Was yeah, there any particular sure. obstacles for you? When we started to travel, like on our world trip, we started started in Russia. And I think... Uh, oh, especially these days. Especially yeah. these mm -hmm. days. And we were just like, okay, yeah, what Marty said, we were just a, a couple or we we're just two girls traveling the world and we want to see every place every place in the world or yeah. almost every place in the world uh so my parents and my family were quite worried and they were like oh are you sure you want to start in russia and i don't know but we also knew we had to be extra how do you say precautions yeah and Maitje like had a lot i don't know if you want to talk about stereotypes but Maitje had a lot shorter hair and she grew it before we uh, went to Russia. Yeah, like, I did take it into consideration, like how am I perceived less maybe queer? I don't know, like it's stupid to say that and like it's so stereotypical, but I did think like it does help me to be safer if they don't, I don't know, see it about me. I don't know, like also straight people have short hair, like that doesn't, Yeah. but yeah, it does. Yeah, all these stereotypical ideas, of course, I've also internalized those, you know, and I did take action on that just to be safer. To be honest, I know exactly what you mean. You know, this, this might sound even ridiculous to you, but I think as queer people, sometimes we have recognized that if I do this or that or appear this way, I make myself more of a target. So like, for example, this is going to sound really stupid and maybe I hope some Irish people will disagree. But in in my little town in Ireland um, called Straban, I'm so sure that if a guy went out with an umbrella and it rains almost every day, if you went out with an umbrella, it would be seen as too feminine, therefore too gay. You cannot have an umbrella. Wow. And this I have totally internalized. Like once I left Ireland, I was like, oh God, I can finally use an umbrella. This is like liberating. But, <laughs> you know, these things, I think we do kind of internalize. And I still know that, that if I was to go back to Ireland, I'm like, I'm going to have to get, like, just, just get wet. I just have to get wet because that's masculine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's also, I think it's interesting because when we were traveling, we also do realize how much of it is like uh, determined cult culturally and like how, we see things in the Western world. It's not the same 
like in other places, you know, like for example, in Russia, we saw lots of girls walk hand in hand. Like it was just as friends. Yeah, yeah, it was normal for friends. And then we were like, oh, then maybe we can do it too, you know, like, and also in other uh, cultures in South Korea, I remember it too. So it is interesting also how much you like learn and maybe also unlearn um, about your own culture and how much is... Uh, yeah, and in Ethiopia, we saw the other way around. And guys as friends could yeah. walk and are walking hand or in hand. Or even like this, you know, and like yeah. hugs and like very intimate, but like um, homosexuality is like very illegal there. Um, so, but that then you realize how much things that you think are this way and set in stone, they're not like that everywhere. From your blog, I kind of discovered that you want to show what the queer lesbian experience is like in different countries i wondered um do do you have a way of being able to get in contact with other queer and lesbian people when you visit countries yeah all around the world yeah um it already started in, in the beginning when we didn't even have like our instagram page set up you know like we were like that's now how we connect with a lot of people because people can find us either through our blog or through our instagram page um, and they can reach out to us. But in the beginning, we were more actively looking for people um, to meet up. Uh, in the beginning, we did a lot of couch surfing. And uh, on couch surfing, there are also uh, queer communities. Um, so we did try to meet up in many countries with other queer people. So also in Russia, uh, we met up with another girl couple. I think for us, it's very, it's, it's very easy to look from your Western perspective and like dismiss a country or like even say like, oh, that's wrong or whatever. But it's all from our own experience and from our own privileged position. So I we've always found it very important to meet with people and hear their experiences because their experience is so different because they do not have that position that we have. So um, what we, we might think like, oh, it's such a horrible place to live. Like they make, they can make it work for them, you know? And everywhere we go, we also, also try to search for queer places and support them. Uh, yeah, queer owned restaurants or like a lesbian bar or uh, yeah, yeah, we also like to, to go there while traveling. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sometimes dismiss countries because they don't want to put their uh, tourist dollars into the pockets of the government you know and I get that but in every country there is a queer community so you can always find like queer initiatives or people to support. So I read a couple of articles from your website and I really think they're fantastic and um, three of them that stood out to me were the the best USA lesbian vacation destinations which I'm sure uses this search engine optimization because it has everything in the title. Travel to Kerala and the ultimate guide to gay Budapest. Now, I was interested in the travel to Kerala as it was written in partnership with Kerala Tourism. Now, this seems almost a little bit, I don't know, surprising to me that a lesbian queer blog got a partnership with Kerala Tourism. Have you had partnerships where you thought, oh God, I didn't think people would want to partner with us in this way? Yeah, but I think India is... They're, yeah, they're, yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, sometimes it is surprising because sometimes just based off the laws, we, we dismiss a destination before a partnership. Um, but I think India, like they decriminalized homosexuality 
I mean, that's been done in the past before. It's a bit up and down. Um, but I think they do make uh, steps. And I do think they also see the value in uh, the marketing of it. And, and especially what an entire country says law-wise. It doesn't have to be the same in every region. And I do know, um, especially in India, there's also, if you look at uh, its history, there is so much more queerness um, and also beyond the binary, gender binary, um, to find in their culture, um, which of course has also been erased uh, because of colonialism. But, um, you know, there is a lot of queerness to find in uh, the culture. And I think, yeah, at this time, people are rediscovering what it means. And also there's a lot of decolonization. I think a lot of people go back to their um, pre-colonial cultures and rediscover uh, how much queerness there is that cannot be defined, you know, in Western standards because it was already there, so. Yeah, but I think most of the times we work with destinations that call themselves welcoming or, for example, and Stockholm. And the progressive laws. That, yeah. yeah. So Stockholm has like Stockholm LGBT, like as a marketing, for example. And I think sometimes people, especially in the Netherlands, they forget that if we, like one time we were asked on a trip with other Dutch bloggers to, I think it was Oman or something. And then we were like, okay, if you bring us, you cannot get any partnership probably because I don't know. Or maybe we, some like very small things, but like not on a bigger scale, you know, like yeah. that's just not. So with some destinations, we know we will never, probably never, never partner never or never. maybe in the, in the future, but not right now. Yeah. And uh, from the ultimate guide to gay Budapest, you know, you gave, you given a really sort of extensive detailed list of all the things you can do there. But I did notice that you wrote, there isn't a, in quotes, lesbian bar, specifically lesbian bar, as a lesbian couple, is this something that you've experienced since traveling, that there seems to be a disparity between gay bars, lesbian bars, and... Yeah, definitely. That, that's quite annoying, no? Yes, yeah. and I think sometimes when I read other blogs, they say, oh, it's a queer bar, and then when you read a queer bar, you never know as women if you're also welcome, because, of course, in Amsterdam, you also have bars that are for men, and then as women, you can go, but they probably don't want you or sometimes you... it's even like a fetish thing you know like and there's like leather and stuff and then you you're told at the door you know like this isn't a party for you i mean you i think you're always allowed to go in because otherwise it would be discrimination but like it's not a place that you would want to be in i think that's in general if we're talking about like lgbt anything like everywhere like gay men are always like at the front maybe it's also because they have the most rights um at this time you know um but i do think um yeah we need other spaces where other people of the whole community are also welcome you know like and even at pride events if you look at that you usually see the gay men at the front of it so Um, I wonder if we could switch topic a little bit. So I think from um, from a social media perspective, people could think that your working life is quite envious and they could be quite jealous. You know, you kind of have 
you probably have quite uh, beautiful pictures that people get the FOMO, fear of missing out on why am I sitting at an office desk and, <laughs> you know, but I think there obviously has to be another side to that. So from traveling, blogging, photographing, all of the things you do, you're going to spend a lot of time away from friends and family, or maybe you did before the pandemic. And I wonder how you balance that. Yeah. So I think, we don't want to really want to travel like how we did because we were three years really fully nomadic and um like one time we were away for 15 months like we didn't see our family and friends well some came to visit but most of them we didn't see them for 15 months um and i think yeah that was i mean it was great for us um for what we were where, where we were at in our lives at that time it was great we yeah we definitely missed a lot as well you know and now that we're back home we do realize the fortune of like spending time with our family because like our families are also like accepting accepting of us um which is also important because some people do not have that privilege um and then in that case just go on and travel forever <laughs> um but um yeah i think on the road you can also find very surprising connections and friends um i think it's it's fascinating how much you can connect with someone that maybe you never think you would connect with on such a level, but because you're in the same environment and the travel style, you know, you can link up with people and have such a good time. Um, I think in general, like in uh, Europe, I think there's a certain line and above that people become like more distant, I think. Um, I think in the Netherlands, we're kind of, on or maybe above that line that probably it's, above yeah it's kind of hard to make friends uh it's hard to make connections friends in netherlands yeah, i think or as a like, foreigner like as a foreigner as definitely a, yeah. yeah as a foreigner definitely but i think also for us like i mean you do go out and have drinks at bars and stuff you meet people that's great but where we see in a lot of other cultures where people just come by their houses like unannounced and they can come eat with you and um, there's this whole warm feeling you know like everyone is friends and that's just not how it is here <laughs> and working with each other working with your partner I would assume Maybe you thought when you were starting out that it was really exciting, but in the back of your head, you're also thinking, this could be a bit risky. I wonder if there is a way that you keep it professional as well as loving. Yeah, I think in our entire relationship, we've been testing that a little bit because in true uh, lesbian U-Haul style, we uh, moved in. We were already kind of roommates when we started dating. Um, and then we were also colleagues, but then at the cinema, we had just a job on the site. So we both worked at the cinema. That's where we met. Um, so we were uh, like just friends for one year. Um, and we both didn't know we were queer when we met. So we lived together. But then after five months, I went to study abroad. So then we did five months of long distance. And then I got back and then we were like, OK, we have to go on a world trip. So then we saved up and went on a world trip. So we have tested like lots of dynamics, like being very close from to each other and being very far apart from each other. But then working together is a whole different world, I would <laughs> it's say. It's a new level, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say it's easy no. because... I would not recommend it to like also all couples um, because I do think this can definitely also ruin <laughs> your relationship, you know. 
Um, but what I struggle with, like, and we have really, like, Marcia does, like, those things, and I don't do these things. How do you say? I think we all have different roles, boundaries, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But my just from an early uh, point, she like I cannot work together with people. Um, it's one of my uh, weaker weaknesses, I guess. Um, that's probably also why I went to like university and did like academic stuff because it's all by yourself. Um, so I think I think it's good we noticed that from an early beginning and we did not try to fix that or anything um but that's how we did get like very specific uh roles like you do this you do this and of course it's not like they are set in stone you do this now you will always do this uh over time um she has taken a lot on a lot more that i was doing before and the other way around if we have arguments it's usually about work um but then sometimes they cross over the line and then they are in the relationship space um but that's also something we had to work on because sometimes it is difficult if you're angry with your coworker. you cannot be super in love and happy with your partner <laughs> romantic partner i think it's also good that we know each other's strength strengths and weakness weaknesses yeah so. that's what i wanted to say about the roles you know yeah. i think it's good to accept who the person is and I mean it's easier and more difficult at times you know like it's not like it's easy to accept that one person doesn't do this Um, because I really like to plan for example make lists and goals and then Marcia is like doing the day all over the place and I'm like why why can't you just make a plan for the day right because but her mind sometimes just works. I, do, I make a plan but then i don't stick to it and then sometimes i think like if i make a plan and i don't stick to it why even make the plan um, so that's like yeah a very different way of working and how her mind works but yeah, uh, yeah now we know that <laughs> yeah so it's funny we look very much alike but like on the inside we're very very different yeah we would maybe even be opposites but it does help because we complement each other and we do accept that we cannot do everything um you know by one person but uh i, I want to say one more thing because uh i a few weeks ago i got a question from a friend from soccer like how do you keep the because we were together for eight years this year and then uh, i got a question like oh how do you keep your relationship alive or something and i was like we never have a boring moment in our lives. So I, I, I'm not sure how to answer this because it's, it's just never boring. And it's always like, it's always something going on also because we work together and yeah. You did say there quite quickly that you didn't realize you were queer until you met each other. I wonder if you're completely um, like not to be disregarding what you just said, but I wonder if you're completely sure of that. Or was there a point when you were growing up, you realized, oh, I'm maybe a bit different. So when I look back, I definitely think I already knew way before that I was like liked women a lot more when than I was guys. In her, uh, apartment. She had like three or four lesbian movies in like on DVD. And I was like, you never thought about it, but you do have these movies? Like, but I don't know. I was just like, I I think I was just like doing like things that people expected me to do, like dating guys. And I don't know. And I was never. And like maybe people say, you know, 
maybe you haven't met the one or something. yeah so i dated yeah. guys and i they always wanted maybe more relationship or i was like hmm, i don't know we keep it a bit in a distance you know mm-hmm. um but then i met marcia and i don't know it was not love at first sight or something so we became very good friends and then at some point yeah just more happened very naturally yeah i think yeah there was definitely a vibe or something so for me because i'm bisexual um i i never knew uh that was possible (laughs) like i do have my aunts i had two aunts who were married to each other so i did have lesbians in my life but i was attracted to guys so i was like that's it i'm straight that's the box you know because it's that box or this box and i checked this one so i have to stay in this um so i don't think i never really thought about it and I had a relationship with a guy before and that was, I mean, it wasn't problem that he was a guy or something, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we ended things and then I joined a student association with a lot of artsy people. And then people told me they were bi. And then I was like, there's that's, more. That's enough. <laughs> and I denied this side of myself because I just thought, or like not really felt like I denied it but if I look back at it maybe I denied it and you um Marcia you mentioned having two lesbian aunts two aunts that were married to each other I wonder if these were your only queer role model growing up or did you have uh, another someone that you really looked up to that was in the LGBTQ plus society or community <laughs> society like it's a society that's a university <laughs> Um, I think those were the only people close to me uh, that I knew. Maybe I knew other people, but so also I, it wasn't strange to me, uh, two women together that wasn't weird to me because I have my aunts and they also got a kid, you know, like I also knew like they can have a family. Um, So. Roxanne, what about you? Any queer role models growing up? Not really, but I don't know. If I look at like my younger self, I think I never thought about any of those things, not girls or guys. And like talking about feelings was not really a thing in my family. So I was just, I don't know, living my life as a, how do you say it, reckless or like just just playing soccer with just anyone. And I don't know, not really minding uh, uh, other boys or girls at some point, yes, but yeah, like Mike just said before, like I, I did buy like lesbian DVDs, but I never thought about it like in 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 a lesbian way or something. It was just like, yeah. oh, oh, this is I nice. Enjoyed I enjoyed yeah. it or something. And so role models, I did not really have them in life. But if I think about it, like my first friend from high school, she was like queer or she said, oh, I like boys and girls. But I, I was just like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's okay. That's also possible or something. I never really thought about it. I wonder, is there something career-wise that you have planned for the future or you hope to achieve? Oh, that's a big question, right? Yeah. I think we want to do what we do for a long time. And And it can shape-shift, you know, like it doesn't have to be this specific form. Um, But I do think, yeah, we do like what we do now. What what I what I said before is that Marty is not really like a planner or one with many goals like for many years. So for now, I think we are 
happy what we do now want to continue it for a long time and maybe at one point we can travel with a kid and make it also a lesbian uh, family uh, blog or something i was wondering if you wanted to do more with uh clothing because i'm i think i definitely want to buy your beanie hat but i'm a yeah. little bit afraid that it might not fit my massive head. <laughs> that was more a bit something fun on the side but not really like uh, i think more for match is more photography that's like her goal on different kind of photography and for mm. me i do more of the writing nowadays and doing things for the blog so yeah. uh, that's how we like to continue yeah yeah i do feel a very strong urge to be more connected with the community um so i think i do see something in the future like community wise maybe or like helping or like like we do have a lot of knowledge now that maybe other people would also learn or something so maybe something in teaching or i don't know or whatever yeah and um, you you always said it's like sad that most queer places there are are like for getting a drink or something uh, yeah. but how nice would it be if we had there are places of course also in the Netherlands but how nice would it be if it was more like a maybe a cafe too but more for reading or playing games yeah. with like-minded people and not yeah maybe per like say about alcohol yeah. or something or yeah, yeah like a yeah. community center that maybe has organized nights like and that also people feel the space to organize things themselves or something I recently saw a meme about this that uh, every queer person wants to open this community center with cats and yeah, many cats. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that would be great, but it, yeah, maybe it doesn't even have to be physically somewhere. I love that the whole online space and how people can connect. Yeah, I do see a lot more opportunities uh, that I do think maybe in the future I want to do more with. So the last question I like to ask all of my guests is what kind of tips or advice would you have someone listening to both of you who think, okay, these two ladies are someone that I find incredibly inspiring and I would love to do something similar. So what kind of advice would you have for them? I think when we started, we did not really approach or knew other people that were doing what we do. And I think it's great to connect with others and learn from each other and i don't know people can always send us a message about things so i think connecting with people that inspire you or like-minded people are doing what you do it's like a great thing to do from the start yeah and i think just starting like even a lot of people have all these ideas but then they never set the first step it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, you know, like uh, what we said, our blog took three years before we knew what we were doing. You know, it ne it's not, maybe you do it faster, maybe you do it slower. Um, you're on your own timeline. Um, definitely connect with people, um, but don't expect them to do the work for no, you. you know? Like course, you yeah. have to set your own steps and have your own journey. Just start if you're into it. I think... You can always start, like you can also always stop if you don't like it, you know, uh, but just set the step and uh, yeah, just try it. Wonderful. So I think we're at the end of the interview. I will say that I'm going to include all of your links and how people can follow you, contact you within the bio of the podcast. And I'll send that to you too, so you can share it. But mostly I just want to say uh, thanks very much for taking the time to talk with me. It was really, really, really interesting. I've really learned a lot. I'm going to be reading 
more of your articles because I even found out that, you know, you focus on being a lesbian couple that travels or cooks and all of these things, but it's open to the entire community and even outside the community. And you really have a talent for what you do. Thanks so, for having thanks. us. Nice thanks. to meet you. Yeah, it was lovely meeting you too. And Roxanne. Roxanne, yes. The, the only thing I have to do or not do with Roxanne is pretend I'm staying and say, Roxanne, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> you okay. absolutely... No, I'm sure you hate that. Uh, I hate it. So, sometimes people say, oh, are you like, did your parents like call you after like the song? And then I'm like, do you know what the song is about? So uh, <laughs> why would I say yes to that question, right? <laughs> what person would you most like to sit next to on a 10 hour flight? And you can't choose each other. <laughs> Ooh. I would say no one. <laughs> uh, Isn't that so true? When you get on a flight, you're like, please, no one sit next to me. Please. I always, yeah, also on a 10 hour flight, like I cannot sit still, you know, and those seats are very small. So I do like an extra chair or like maybe her sitting so I can put my legs on her or something. So yeah, I would say no one. <laughs> But I would love to sit, it's not someone like that's <laughs> included in the LGBT community, but I would love to sit to Jennifer Lawrence, next to Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. She I seems like good she, fun. She's very, yeah, she's very funny. She's pretty and I like her. <laughs>